Hey, this is Chuck Garrick from Bisto Blanco, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. What's up? This is Bryce from the band Hardest, and you are with me on Iron City Rock. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Zach Wild from Black Level Society, and we're all doing a hang with John on Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 189 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, blues, music, talk on the internet. Episode 189, we don't disappoint. We are joined by two bands. We are joined by a new band on Roadrunner Records called Hardest. Uh, They're out on the road right now, so we will talk to them in just a moment. And we are also once again joined by Zach Wilde of Black Label Society. Zach and the guys from Black Label will be doing a show at the Nokia Theater in Los Angeles on March 6th, which will be filmed for an upcoming DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, the show is being dubbed The Unblackened. Uh, kind of goes along with the Order of the Black uh, theme that they had on the last album. This will also be broadcast on AXS uh, Network Access, uh, which I believe uh, Verizon customers can get you can get it with dish and direct tv uh for those of us down in my neck of the woods it doesn't on our cable company so we'll have to wait for the dvd or the blu-ray and if you don't have tickets for the event don't bother it is sold out so without further ado we're going to talk to the man zach wild sean and i were lucky enough to talk to him about a week or so ago so let's get to that interview now From Black Label Society, we've got Zach Wild on the phone. How are you doing, Zach? What is going on? Not much, not <laughs> much. <laughs> so you guys are uh, you guys are kind of knee deep in preparations for the Unblackened show you're going to be doing in uh, Los Angeles here uh, in March. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what was the impetus to the show? What kind of put this idea in your head to do this sort of show? I mean, you know, I've always been in the show tunes, and I've been a huge fan of Judy Garland. So, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, we have Siegfried and Roy working with us for the Dancing Bears and the Lions. We also have Paul Abdul. We said we brought, we dragged her in for the uh, the choreographing and the tap dancing and all that stuff. So, uh, and then we also have Richard Simmons training the fellas to get them in tip-top shape for the 
Black Label Unblack and Technicolor Dreamcoat Spectacular that uh, we're, we're presenting right now. But uh, no, I mean the whole thing is we, you know, we got, you know, we got approached to do another DVD, and then uh, you know, I was just like, well, we could do another heavy one, but I mean, we, you know, between the booze, booze, broken bone, and then uh, you know, the Doom Troop and the European Invasion. I, I said, well, we could either do a heavy one because of this tour, there's new songs and this and that. I said, or else we can. You know, everyone always asking, oh, you guys going to end up doing any acoustic stuff, you know, doing a tour, like a longer, like an actually unplugged type thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we'll wheel the piano out and do some other stuff, whether it's Dime Song and some of the, uh, right. the other things we have off the new, newer record or whatever. But, uh, but you know, not, not to the point where we're going to just, I'm going to sit out there for half an hour playing, you know, mellow tunes. So, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, you know, because then we're going to have to start selling pajamas at the merch stand and cots and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So and warm milk. So I mean the whole thing is uh I said, Well man, this would be a pretty cool opportunity. We could actually work it in around this thing. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's how it all came about. Yeah, so there is no truth to the rumor that J D will be shot out of a cannon during the uh, event that uh, night. So that's happening regardless whether we're doing a mellow show, <laughs> a heavy show whether we're doing any show whatsoever, he will be shot out of a cannon. First, yeah, shot with a cannon. I could see this ball of black hair flying across the stage. No, well, listen, at the end of the day, he, he chose being shot out of a cannon because we were also keeping the other, you know, the other choice that he had was the Italian pinata. So <laughs> we just put him there, and everyone just take swipes at him until, like, lasagna and meatballs and pesto <laughs> and whatever else starts flying out of him. Yeah, and a couple of wicked scales. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a fun guy. Now, um, will you be doing, so you'll be doing kind of a variation of both the kind of unplugged and electric stuff that night? Yeah, well, that, that, like put it this way, if uh, Pink Floyd was doing Comfortably Numb and they were mm-hmm. doing an acoustic version of it with the string section and, and keys and stuff like that, by the time they got to the solo, uh, Father Gilmore still doing the electric solo. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still electric and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, like a lot of stuff that was on Book of Shadows or even some of the Black Label stuff where, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be mellow, but I'm still playing an electric guitar for the solo. Yeah, can we can we count on In This River being in the set? Of course. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, definitely be one. Now, you guys are going to be broadcasting this um, on TV that night. Is that going to be broadcasting live? Uh, yeah, it's going to be okay. broadcast live. Now, does uh, that add, a, you know, some complexity and obviously... You know, with it being a DVD shoot, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just because you want the sound to be good. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's the whole thing, or just something going down, or whatever. But it is what it is. So I mean, uh, you know, uh, we're that's why we're going in the day before mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, like you guys are going to be up in the truck listening to it, making sure it's going to sound slamming right. when it comes out over the feed and everything like that. So you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we're going to have like a six days rehearsal with the guys three days with the strings and then the show. So, uh, I mean, everybody's been practicing away. So, I mean, I've been sitting here jamming, so we actually well rehearsed by the time we get in there. Now, with the, with the strings, who, uh, did you uh, do all the string arrangements, or did you have someone else work with you on that? Well, I did it myself, you know, because uh, I just, and, and it's not pads you're hitting. I mean, it's just like actually writing string parts, a cello or viola, and then writing, uh, a str- you know, violin section. So, uh yeah, but I mean, we've got this great program that actually points out the sheet music while I'm doing it. So it'll, it'll point out all the music for the cello, it'll point out all the music for the viola. You know, because there's different walking parts. I mean, I'm not just hitting chords, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. 
Now, um, it, or I know at one point, I think a while back, you and I talked and you mentioned some folks like Derek Sherney and maybe joining you. Is there still some plans for some guests? I, actually, I'm seeing Derek today. Yeah, okay. We're going to just go over some stuff. But, uh, yeah, Clancy, Father Sherenian will be over here. So, yeah, I mean, Derek's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a, a really cool touch to add to that. Now, um, you guys, obviously, it's been about three years now since since uh, Order of the Black came out. Is there, uh, do you have a plan going forward for a new, you know, kind of heavy studio album? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, once we get done with this, then when we mix it, you know, because this is going to be for a DVD and a CD, mm -hmm. so once we get done mixing it and, you know, uh, basically just taking all our tracks off of it and replacing it with Frampton Comes Alive with the cloud <laughs> and everything like that and hoping it has a quarter of the success that Frampton Comes Alive had the first time around. Hell yeah. Uh, that, then we're going to obviously start getting ready to do, like, the, you know, a proper, the, the follow-up to Order of the Black. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to bust out the talk box and uh, Father Frampton. That would be... <laughs> That would be an interesting. You, you're not a stranger to the talk box. You could, you could get that. no, no, no. I've used it a couple tracks. Concrete Jungle. I've got it on there, and then uh, there's a couple other songs. Yeah, um, not, not far from Show Me the Way. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. I mean, you guys had had um, you know really remarkable success for you know a heavy band in, in you know what was that 2010? You, you peaked at number four, you know, on the the regular album chart, not the rock album chart, but the regular. You know, up there. No, I mean, well, it just goes to show you our black label family growing and growing, and the steroids are working. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, teach him young. It's been in the news a lot lately. Is uh, Randy Blythe, and you know what happened with him? You know, um, does that when you go out live, does that affect the way you approach shows now? Because I know on like the European DVD, you had all a bunch of fans up on the stage, and, and is this the fear of that happening again, is that something you have to... Well, I, I mean, what's going on with Randy? I mean, you know, Randy, you know, nobody, you know, the game plan, let's be real, is for, you know, this kid's a huge Lamb of God fan to go to the gig, get tanked, have a good time with his buddies, you know, and then watch Lamb of God kick some ass and go home and maybe get lucky with the old lady and then... <laughs> go to work the next day and talk about how ass-kicking the concert was, and I can't wait till Lamb of God comes around again. I mean, that was obviously the game plan. So, uh, but no, I mean, it's just like, it, it really, it's between what happened with Dime and what's going on with Randy now, literally, I mean, it's going to come to the point where it's just like, you run out on the field at Yankee Stadium, that's, you get locked up, dude. That's it. Right. There's, there's no, like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just, you know, my buddy put me up to a bat. It's just like, dude, no, first off, First, you're going to get your brains bashed in by the cops, and then we're going to throw you into jail, and then you're probably going to get your ass kicked once you get in that cell. So, and, you know, maybe, you know, or you just go like this, instantly, two years in jail. How about that? Like we're over in, you know, somewhere in Asia. You know what I mean? Like in Hong Kong. You, you know, spit gum out on the curb, that's a year and a half in jail. Mm -hmm. All right, there you go. It's like, well, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, no, you jump up on stage, two years maximum, two years minimum in prison. I mean, just make it that and see how many people start jumping up on stage now. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Run out, go ahead, run out on a football field at a game, two years in prison, and just see how many people run out on a field now. Yeah. I'm not running out on any field. I mean, it's just like, dude, you're going to get two years in jail? No, that's just man that's mandatory. That's not, you can argue all you want. Boom, two years, that's it. It's just like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be running out on the field at Yankee Stadium anymore. I, I mean, seriously. 
You want to run out on, you know, on a tennis court and try and, you know, stab one of the players? Yeah, three years in prison. There you go. Instantly, I, I'm just saying, in, in order to stop this, because the crazy thing is, when you go to a extreme metal show, you know, where, right. I mean, whether it's a Pantera show, Slayer, Lamb of God, everything, it's part of the experience is crowd surfing, stage diving, mm. moshing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it really, it's actually part of the ride. Like, when you're buying your ticket, that's like, yeah, I can't wait to go on the roller coaster. You know, the, the massive 18-story drop, that's part of the ride. You know, so, I mean, that's the, because that's the crazy thing. I'm just saying, I guarantee if you ask Randy and the, and the Lamb of God guys, go, they, I guarantee they said, Zach, you should have seen the, the two shows before this one. It was that that night was nothing compared to the other night. I, I thought mm -hmm. so, I thought at least maybe eight people were dead that night from diving off the stage. I seen one guy that they just cleared out and boom, like a red sea. Just like <laughs> Moses part in the red sea and then boom, this guy landed, slammed his head. I was like, oh my god, dude, the guy had to have broken his neck. And he, like eventually he got back up and I was just like, dude, this guy's out of the, they're they're out of their minds. But it's just like. You know, everybody's going there with the intention of having a good time, man. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody's going to a concert planning that they're going to die that night. You know what I mean? So, my, I, I'm just saying, the, the only thing it's going to have to come down to is you, you can't have people. I mean, I've never done it. I've never ran up on stage, no matter, you know. I mean, I go back in the day when we're going, you know, if we're going to go see Randy Rhodes, or we're going to go see Zeppelin. I mean, I want to watch Jimmy Page play the guitar, and I want to watch Randy Rhodes play the guitar. Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? So I, I'm, and back when I was, you know, when we were going to concerts, I, I like, I didn't even know what hotels they were staying at. I, it was just almost like magic. They came to the venue, we saw them, then they were gone. I, you know, I didn't even like wait behind the venue to see the tour buses leave. I was just like, I, yeah. I just said, all right, we're, we're done. Let's go home. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll get laid tonight. I, you know, I mean, that was pretty much about it. And yeah. we get drunk after the show, you know, see whose older brother got us beer. But I mean. That was about it, but I, I mean, it's just it's just sad all the way around, man. Yeah. I mean, it's got to suck Randy. I mean, the whole thing is if he goes over there and he does 25 years in jail, I mean, you got to be kidding me, man. Yeah, that is that is an, an intense, uh, you know, for what is, by all intents and purposes, a, a, an unfortunate incident all the way around. I mean, no one wins in that in that arena. No, I mean, it's, it's lose lose all the way around. I mean, because right. you know, Randy, if he talked to the parents, he'd just be like, I am so sorry, guys, you know. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, he's the hugest Lamb of God fan. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it just sucks all the way around. Yeah. For, I mean, you know, for the, the parents uh, of the kid. And then, you know, I, I guarantee you he's a good kid and he, he loved Lamb of God and he just loved all the heavy bands. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, like anybody else is like, I'm going to go to the concert, man. I got his tickets. We're going to have a blast. So, you know. Yeah, you doubt that, you know, he went there with the intent of ruining Lamb of God's career, potentially. You know, no, never. Yeah, I mean, he's going down as probably his favorite band. Yeah. Zach, have you ever, you know, in your experience, and you've, you've been at this a long time, find yourself, you know, obviously with singing and playing, you're probably a little preoccupied, but do you ever find yourself when you're looking out at the audience, you know, keeping an eye on a particular fan or, or anything that, you know, kind of makes you nervous? Um, well, I mean, now that I'm singing... You know, that I'm stuck at the microphone. Yeah. I mean, you could actually make more contact. Obviously, when I was, you know, when I'm rolling with the boss, I mean, my mm. job is just, you know, I'm headbanging the whole time and rocking sure. out and entertaining, you know, so I'm not really, you know, it's not like I'm fixated and making eye contact with, you know, 
things and just looking and checking out everything you know, and looking at some weird stuff. But I mean, uh, well, I, I don't know, you know, because I mean, that's the reason why you guys are rolling with us and you're on the side of the stage. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you guys are the eyes and, you know, of what's going on. And if you see anything stupid going on, you take care of it. So, you know. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, you know, unless, you know, unless there's something in the front going down, it's like just beyond ridiculously stupid. But I mean, you know, with, with, with our black label family and everything like that, I mean, everybody's usually going, cool. especially, you know, even with the odds, you know, with all the Ozzy heads and everything like that, everybody's, you know, respectful to each other and everybody's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, at this stage of your career, as it, again, you've been playing, you know, with Ozzy and and Black Label for now the better part of thirty years. You know, we're going on twenty five years easily. Do you get a sense of, of your own? You know, start to look at your body of work and and concern yourself with um, you know the legend and the you know how people remember you. I mean, do you look at that and it's just your your place in the history of rock? You know, obviously, you know, we, we look up to Iomi and Blackmore and people like that. Do you, do you yeah, ever... And Randy Rhodes and Eddie and everything like that. No, I mean, uh, no, you know, I, I think, you know, when you're when you're playing the game, you, I think it's more like, you know, LP will look back after he's retired, you know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. So, yeah, you know what I mean? But, uh, but while you're playing, I mean, it's just, uh, I still practice every day and I still want to get better every day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, it, with music, it's just, it's a never, you're never, there is no finish line. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, if you, when you look at Zeppelin, yeah, the first album, you know, after Days of Confused and all this stuff, and then the second album, Whole Lot of Love. And it's like, you know, then, then Stairway to Heaven. And, oh, well, how are we going to top that? And then the next thing you know, they got Cashmere. You know, I, I'm just saying, it just, it's never ending. I mean, you know, it depends on what side of the bed you woke up on that day and what comes out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, like everybody says, all the inspiration, I go, yeah, God, God's the radio station. It's just a matter of tuning in. You know, and then you get one, you go, oh, dude, that's a cool riff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it very much. You, you take right, care. Guys, see you down the road. Yourselves, brothers, and uh, I'll talk to you in a bit, man. All right. Take care. Bye, guys. Eric Clapton. Live in concert. Saturday night, April 6th at Consol Energy Center. One night, one stage. Slohan is back live. The force and six string that defined a generation. Eric Clapton. Saturday, April 6th at Consol Energy Center. Eric Clapton and his special guest, The Wallflowers. Don't wait. Tickets on sale now. Available in Ticketmaster. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Eric Clapton. A Beaver production. All right, once again, thank you to Zach Wild for coming on the show once again to talk to us about the Unblackened uh, concert they're doing. This has uh, been probably almost a year in the making. Uh, we've kept hearing rumors of it, and uh, the band has finally uh, 
putting the rubber to the road and doing the show on March 6th at the Nokia. So tickets, I believe, are completely sold out, so you've either got to check it out on Axis if your cable company carries it or wait for the DVD Blu-ray like I will have to. going to turn our attention now to a brand-new band out on Roadrunner Records. The band is called Hardest. Uh, they have an EP out called Nothing You Didn't Deserve. They're on tour right now doing a lot of East Coast and uh, Southern U.S. states, doing Florida and Texas, and uh, did a jaunt through Pennsylvania. So if you're listening to this, if you go to their Facebook page, Hardest, H-E-A-R-T-I-S-T, uh, you can check all the dates. Unfortunately, the Pittsburgh uh, show didn't happen uh, due to some conflicts and things like that. So what we're going to do now, we're going to play a track from that EP. This song is called Disconnected, and then Aaron is caught up with the band and did an interview for us.
On the phone, I have Bryce Beckley of the band Hardest. Bryce, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. I'm actually just waking up. How are you? <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, sorry about the early time frame on that. Um, so thanks for joining us here today. For our listeners who are not familiar with your band, could you give us a little bit of background on your band? Uh, we are a band from Orange County, California. Uh, we play, uh, easiest way to describe it would be very heavy influenced rock music. Um, we just signed two Roadrunner records uh, middle of the year last year, and uh, we are actually currently in Greensboro, North Carolina right now. Uh, we're going to be writing some music, doing some stuff before we start the tour, and we'll be playing a show on the 28th, 28th. and uh, right. we're fun, and you should love us. <laughs> nice. So, um... Have you played Greensboro yet, or you're going to play there tonight? Never, because this is actually my first time in North Carolina, ever. Nice. Very yeah, cool. I, yeah, well, yeah, I guess this time of year. I was just down there last year, and I got to say, it's, it's, it's a nice town. If you get a chance, um, hit up Natty Greens, who plays to grab a beer. Sweet. If, if you're, if you're into, like, the microbrews. <clears throat> All right, so you guys, you're a pretty young band to have gotten signed by Roadrunner. Um, you know, as far as for, for formation, you haven't been together that long. So why don't you say, take us through that process? Like, how did, how did you guys come together to get ready, um, you know, to, to grab Roadrunner's attention like this? I mean, you know, that's a, that's a pretty decent feat on your part there. Well, uh, the band started in early 2011. Um, I had... I had left uh, a band that I was playing in and I was kind of, kind of bumming on the entire idea of playing music anymore. Um, kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth and, uh, our guitarists, Tim and John were in kind of the same situation. They had just left uh, their band and they were beginning to write new music together, trying to do things a little bit differently. Um, and they messaged me on Facebook. We had met a couple times, um, playing like local shows in the area with each other. They asked me to come try out, so I did. I figured, yeah, I'll I'll take another shot, maybe you know, see what this could be. So went over to his house. We started uh, writing together, demoing stuff together, and uh, it just ended up being a lot of fun, um, being a lot better than I think any of us were expecting it to be. So we just kind of continued along, writing, 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 um, and we we originally wanted 
to try things a little bit differently because we had come from, you know, the local bands that, you know, you, you, you do the, the grind where you play for years and you play as many shows as possible and you do tons of pre-sale and, you know, promoters pretty much screw you over as often as possible trying to get money out of you. And we were just kind of tired of, you know, playing the, the, the local scene game that everyone kind of gets forced into. So we spent as much time as we could building as much hype as we could online um, with like video content and teasers for the, for the songs and making sure that we were sending out our music to people before we ever played a show, making sure that we had our music, you know, our, our sound defined and, and our songs made as best as they could be before we ever played a show so that we could be more than just, you know, a, a, a brand new local band that just kind of pops off and starts doing the grind again. So uh, we actually sent our music to one of our local uh, bookers. Um, his name is Andy, and he works at Chain Reaction, which is kind of a, the uh, big venue down in our area, um, not realizing that he was an A&R for Roadrunner. And we sent him the music, kind of saying, like, hey, well, we wanted to play at the venue. Like, here's some of the stuff that we've been working on. And I guess from that point, he had been back and forth with Roadrunner, like taking the music and kind of checking on where we are and asking us for more music. And he had been pitching us to Roadrunner the entire time. So by the time we play our first show, little do we know that we have um, not only Roadrunner Records, but a couple other labels, uh, some management companies, booking agents, all kinds of stuff at our first show. <laughs> and we didn't find out until right before we played. So first show was a pretty nerve wracking experience. It was kind of like a, Hey, be good, or you might kind of ruin your entire career as a band. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah. So, I guess we did well because uh, um, he continued talking to us after the show. We flew up to New York, and uh, we we had a meeting with them, um, and it was just kind of love at first sight. The entire idea of being on Roadrunner was so cool because it was like, you know, we <laughs> we made all these jokes as as we were writing, saying stuff like. Uh, how cool would it be if we got signed like before we ever played a show, you know, just like stupid, stupid, like yeah. big lofty dreams. And it, it was just, it was wild. And it, it basically happened. It was, we, uh, we just set out with really big goals for the band. And so far we've somehow been meeting most of them, which is really beyond us. It's, uh, I don't, we don't know if it's luck of the draw or we, you know, we happened upon something right or, you know, I'm just hoping that our hard work continues to pay off because we sat on our, our EP, the six song EP that we have out. We sat on it for over a year, just kind of biding our time and making sure that, you know, we had the correct opportunities to, to do what we're doing. Yeah. And that's uh, a phenomenal story there because I mean, you guys really, you really put thought into it. You took a lot of time. You did a lot of work that quite honestly, a lot of bands aren't always willing to do. You know, you, you guys really worked hard, and it's great to see how it's paid off for you like this. Yeah. yeah. yeah it has been a pretty phenomenal ride so far. Yeah, we, we took a lot of time with the music, making sure that, you know, we put as much emotion into it as possible. That was one of the big things that we, that we found, like, as we started writing the music, was that we really wanted to find a way to put emotion back into heavy music because it seems like it's gone now. Everything is just cookie-cutter, you know, every band is coming out with new music, but it all sounds exactly like the thing that they put out, you know, two years ago, four years ago. Like, they haven't changed their sound. They haven't put any definition in themselves. And we really wanted to, you know, try to be the band that changes that idea where, you know, we remind people that 
hey, it, it doesn't all have to be stupid breakdowns and stupid parts and stupid lyrics. So, you know, we took a lot of time to craft every song, every song's lyrics, melodies, music, make sure that it all blends and hopefully, you know, tug at people's heartstrings when they hear it. Yeah, and I, I agree with a lot of that because, I mean, you know, I call it the Lincoln Park Syndrome. It's like once Lincoln Park hit, hit that seems to have been the template for everybody to follow for that. So almost every other heavy band is some sort of copy of that. And what I really liked about, about your band is, okay, you had some little electronic things in there, but your vocal style, you had some of the growling vocals, but your vocal style really carried it. You brought a melody back, so you've got these really heavy, tight, in-your-face guitars but you really do carry that melody through there. You guys have really, really accomplished that with this new EP, and I, you know, hopefully all our listeners will go check it out, because it's, it's some phenomenal music. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something that we really made sure to, um, to get across, and that was something that I even had to develop as we were going. Um, my voice was definitely not where, where it was where you hear on the EP. Uh, that, took, that took a lot of work, and like I said, that, that band that I came from before, I didn't have a lot of freedom with, you know, what I wanted to do vocally or, um, you know, I was kind of told what to sing and how to sing it. And I didn't have a lot of freedom to write. So actually Hardest was the first time that I actually got to even see if I could write well. <laughs> so uh, it was a big learning experience for all of us and a lot of, you know, pushing each other to better ourselves as we're going. So nice. my voice definitely grew a lot just, you know, based on my bandmates pushing me to be better. And, uh, yeah, those those melodies and, and lyrics and ideas all come from I mean, all of us bouncing off each other. And, you know, <laughs> you know, like I said, we had stupid ideas. Like, all right, what would, it, would it be cool if someone tattooed this lyric on themselves? And we were like, all right, let's go with it. <laughs> Making sure to, to tug at people's heartstrings, like I said. Yeah. So the EP's out now. That's available. And like, what are your plans for a full-length release? Like, what do you guys have coming up next? Uh, we actually have been writing for the full-length. Um, we're in North Carolina actually doing some writes for it right now. Um, we've got a, quite a few tours coming up, so we're probably not going to be able to get to actually you know, writing and recording the, the full-length by the end of the year. So um, chances are by the end of the year, um, we'll have begun writing it and hopefully by early 2014 we'll have this thing out. It just depends on, you know, how busy we keep ourselves off this EP, but we want to get it out as soon as possible because the material that we've been writing so far for it is so far above and beyond the EP. Like we've, it, it seems fresh for a lot of people because like I said, we, we sat on that EP for over a year. So this EP is new for a lot of people, but it's already old and, and kind of scale for us now because the stuff that we're writing is so much better and it's just come to a point where we're kind of like, you know, we're so excited to get it out. We're, we're already sick of the EP and we just want to show people what we have, like what our next level is. Nice. Nice. Now, uh, speaking of touring, you're going to be here in Pittsburgh on um, February 28th at the Smiling Moose down the South side. Sweet. And then yep. so what are the rest of your tour plans? Like what, what do you guys have planned for the rest of the year here? Uh, we have um, this tour that we're about to leave on. Actually, uh, we're we're in the area on our way up to Canada. Uh, we start our tour with Enerjikari Architects and Crossfit, begins in Canada, and then we make our way down south towards Florida again, um, and then 
the end of the tour is actually back uh, in Southern California. So we're playing like four hometown shows, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then we have uh, we have two more tours that aren't announced, so I can't tell you what they are, but uh, they're pretty big, and we're extremely excited about them. Cool, cool, um, cool. Now, I don't know if you can talk about this, but are you planning to do any time in Europe at all this year, or...? Uh, that is something that we are certainly trying. Uh, okay. That would be a dream come true. And if that happens, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Fantastic. Well, hey, Bryce, I don't want to take up any more time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. All right, that brings us to the end of the show. We want to thank Bryce from Hardest coming on and introducing us to the band. And we also want to thank Zach Wilde, who uh, is no stranger to the show. If you're a fan of Zach Wilde, if you go back uh, to ironcityrocks.com, you can scroll back. He joined us, I believe this is the third time in the last year uh, we've had the opportunity to talk to Zach. We talked to him at uh, great length about the release of his book, uh, bringing metal to the children, and we also talked to him around the time he put out a series of DVDs, uh, guitar instructional DVDs with Guitar Center. So you can go back on the show and listen to that if you're a Black Label fan. Uh, they're no stranger to Iron City Rock, so we want to thank all of them for taking the time to come on the show. More importantly, we want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to the show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. You can go to twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. And we are on YouTube and also Iron City Rocks as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, if you're a band, uh, you're a publicist for a band, uh, or you're a fan, or someone who hates the show, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. We uh, read every email, do our best to respond to everything we get, and we really, really appreciate you taking the time not only to listen to the show, subscribe to the show, but to, to give us your feedback. And we would love to see some feedback on uh, iTunes as well. The show is available uh, not quite weekly, but uh, we do about 50 shows a year. They're kind of some weeks will have no episodes, some will have more than one. So the best way to keep in touch and find that is either on Facebook, Twitter, or subscribe on iTunes, and then you won't miss an episode. Uh, so we've got some great guests coming up in the very near future, and we want to thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.